again to Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. I'm Craig. And uh, today is October 1st. October 1st, Halloween season. Yeah, it is a, a very special day for me today, Craig, because yeah. um, as you know, and as maybe some listeners of our podcast know, this is the first day of my 31 Days of Horror. Yes. My annual tradition of trying my best to watch one horror movie every single night at Halloween and then find something um, clever and creative to say about it. Right. So I watch a horror movie, I write a review, I put it up on my website, which is toddcoons.com, in case anybody's interested. I'm going to put a link on there for you, too. And uh, normally when I select movies, I try to find some uh, some films that I've never seen before. Uh-huh. And today was was one of those days. Yes. And even more so, Craig challenged me. He said, all right, I know you haven't seen this, but I tell you what, it's better if you go into this not knowing anything about it, so don't don't even read about it. Right, that's right. You know, this is one of those uh, Netflix finds. It, it popped up as a suggestion, and um, I stuck it on uh, kind of in the background while I was doing something else. I don't remember if I was working or, or working out or what, but it uh, grabbed my attention pretty early on, and by the end, I had finished whatever it was that I was doing, and I found myself sitting like a little kid down right in front of the TV because I wanted to see what was going to happen. I thought it was a, a unique, uh, interesting little film, and I thought it would be a good way to kick off your, your month. Well, it was a good choice. I mean, <clears throat> honestly, this put me in that mood. I don't know what it is, but sometimes these sort of found footage type films, which I get pretty tired of, Yeah. but there are times when I'm kind of in the mood for something that's a little more creative, a little different. I mean, I was watching this, I was thinking a little bit of the VHS series. Yeah, uh-huh, definitely. And I, I wholly expected, because I kid you not, I did not read a thing about this. I believe I, you. I didn't even read the Netflix description <laughs> as I was going through there. Um, and I, when I got, you know, after we were done watching this movie, I got on and I thought, oh, maybe this is a Ty West movie or, you know, produced by... No, not at all. Right. It's really just two guys for the whole thing. It is. You've got, uh, and and the two guys developed this concept together, um, and then they went through a writing process where they kind of just let it develop organically through conversations that they had, you know, the different scenarios that they imagined in this kind of um, creepy uh, circumstance. And the uh, director, uh, Patrick Bryce, uh, and and the other, the co-writer, uh, Mark Duplass, they, they star in the movie, and really, they are, are quite literally the only actors throughout the whole thing. Yes. So you've got 80 minutes uh, that you are just with these two guys. Um, and so it, it sets itself apart a little bit from some of the found footage stuff. I, too, you know, get a little bit tired of uh, the, the found footage conceit, but, uh, you know, there's something to be said for just kind of sitting, a couple of guys sitting down and making a movie. It's fun to watch. Yeah, and there's kind of an intensity about it. I think, now, <laughs> I'll betray myself a little bit here. I haven't seen Paranormal Activity yet. Wow. Um, you know, but uh, I, I've seen the previews. I kind of know what it's all about. In fact, it's probably on my list for this month. The intensity where you have a camera just set up in a corner, and you know you're watching a horror movie, uh -huh. and you're waiting for things to happen. Right. And it feels like this movie plays with you a lot in that regard. For comedy, uh, uh -huh. you know, it, it builds attention. It actually does a really good job, I think, of building attention through playing with your expectations of what should be happening in this kind of film. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, with those found footage things, uh, a lot of the time, you say you haven't seen Paranormal Activity. Uh, I've seen them all, uh, <laughs> and they uh, they vary in quality, but. 
you know, a lot of uh, the, the footage um, in those films is from security cameras. So there's constant, you know, it's like a constant eye that can catch kind of anything that goes on. And there's a lot of cutting and editing to kind of piece the story together. And that's kind of the case um, in a lot of these found footage movies. This one for some reason feels different to me because it's just the two characters and one of them is usually behind the camera while the other one is dressing the cam addressing the camera directly it it kind of draws you in i mean it feels intimate like it feels like you're kind of privy to a private conversation yes um and I, I think that does a lot to establish the tone and also um that suspense that that you were talking about uh, it kind of defies expectations in some way and so that builds the suspense even more yeah this is definitely one of the better ones and um i think you know the way it starts off you you always have to su suspend your disbelief a little bit mm -hmm. with these films you just have to understand that in real life, people are not running around recording themselves all the time. Right. Even when they're in tense, scary moments, they're putting a camera down yeah. and they're more concerned for their safety. But, you know, this starts off with uh, the main character, well, one of the two main characters, sure. his name is Aaron, um, and he's videotaping himself driving down the road to this gig. I think this was shot in Florida. It's yeah, like which I was, that's, you told me that, and it kind of surprised me because it had kind of a New England kind of feel to it to it me. And, and, you know, the, the characters are, are in coats and, and heavy hats and things throughout, so I was kind of surprised that that was the location. But it is. I mean, it's a beautiful kind of outdoor setting and, and not threatening. Mm -hmm. He drives up to uh, this cabin where he's supposed to meet the guy who has contacted him for this work. Aaron, uh, our, the first character who we encounter, is uh, apparently a freelance videographer, Yeah, if nothing else. Uh, and uh, he's been contacted by uh, a man, Joseph. That's, that's kind of all he knows about him. And he's meeting him here for, for a job, for work. Uh, and that's kind of where we pick up. Yeah, like he answered a Craigslist ad or something. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Uh, and uh, he's not there, and he kind of rings the doorbell. He looks around. He goes back down. He waits for a little while. Uh, and then... Um, Joseph appears. He he, uh, he pops up uh, quickly, and this you know he scares him. Uh, yeah, scares him uh, as uh, as Aaron's waiting in his car. Hi. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm assuming you're Aaron. Yeah, I'm Aaron. Joseph. Oh my God. And then pro profusely apologizes for having scared him, but the the, the gag of, of these jump scares uh, comes up over and over again. Yeah, it's the first of many jump scares that aren't really jump... Yeah, it's... It, you know, it, jump scares, I think, in general in horror movies are typically kind of a cheap way uh, to engage your audience, but here they worked for me because it was, I think, a use of dark humor. At, at some point, you know, Joseph keeps doing this over and over and over again to Aaron, popping out from, you know, hiding places. It's something that I love to do and that I've probably lost a lot of friendships over, you know, <laughs> hiding around corners and waiting for somebody to walk by so you can just jump out at him. Uh, and you get that several times throughout. Uh, and he explains it, uh, Joseph explains it by saying, oh, I've got kind of a weird sense of humor. Oh, and does he? <laughs> he's just weird all around. Yeah. And, and, and so it's, it's you know, he, he's also kind of that guy that all of us sort of kind of know this guy. He's just a little off, but you know that it's just their personality. At least that's how it comes across at first. Right, right? that's exactly it. I mean, he does seem, there's something, I don't know, just something kind of innately creepy about him. But in, in the beginning, you know, he comes off as just being really a genuinely nice guy. Like, maybe a little overly friendly, if, if anything. But... 
you kind of, or, or I did, you know, you, you kind of question, with a movie with a title, Creep, <laughs> you know something's going to be going on. But I'm asking myself, am I trying to read too much into this guy? Maybe he's just a friendly guy, you know, who knows uh, what's going to happen. But throughout the progress of the movie, there's something, there's something else going yeah, on Yeah, but the first half, you know, you're really kind of wondering what's going on. I mean, the first thing you're wondering is, what is this film project all about? And yeah. He takes him into the house, and Joseph says, uh, please keep filming me. All right, uh, just turn the camera on me. And he says, he tells a story about how he had cancer and then he got over the cancer, but then he started to feel ill and he found out he had a huge brain tumor. Right, so. And he has a wife and a kid and they're gone for some reason or they're around, not around. No, no, he has a pregnant wife. Yes. Um, and his, what was he calling his baby? Buddy. Uh, buddy, yeah. He, he <laughs> talk. what he wants to do is, is, at least this is, you know, what he tells uh, Aaron, he, he tells him, you know, I want, he, the doctor's given me two to three months to live. Um, I'm hoping to beat it, but, you know, it's it's this brain tumor, it's the size of a baseball, the chances aren't good. So what I want to do is kind of make a record or a documentation of me, of, of who I am, of my personality, so that I can leave that then for my unborn son. So it's it's kind of a, a passion project kind of thing. And it's, you know, if you take it at face value, it's, it's kind of a, a sweet notion for this guy to leave something behind for his unborn kid. Uh, and so uh, Aaron agrees, you know, there's money exchange. It's a job. He's getting paid. Um, but right off the bat, it you get, yeah, it gets weird. Well, it's funny because you do, as you said earlier, you kind of go back and forth here where you think, oh, this is weird. And then you go, oh, well, maybe there's an excuse for it. Oh, maybe this guy's, you know, it's probably what's the same thing that's going on in Aaron's head. Aaron doesn't talk a lot for this first, you know, uh -huh. actually throughout the whole movie, really. Right. He just kind of takes it face value. Like, I'm thinking when he greets him at the door, he gives him, he says, well, you have a nice, kind face. Uh -huh. This is going to be good. And we're going to, are you ready for this? Uh, and he gives him a hug, and he says, oh, yeah, go ahead, give me a hug. We're going to get a lot deeper, you know, than this as we go on. And and then he kind of says, uh, gives him the money and says, I think he says that. Uh, this is a partnership, and this is a journey into the heart. And um, I'm real glad it's you coming with me. I think we're going to do great. <laughs> and he just stares at him. And Aaron, from behind the camera, you can't see him, but you can just imagine, like, um... Okay. okay, cool. Uh, whatever you say. And he goes upstairs and he says, I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna I'm gonna get the tub. He's yeah. like, okay, follows him upstairs, and this is where it gets weird. He's stripping down in front of the tub. Right, immediately. I mean, this is the very first scene that he wants to film, and he goes upstairs and um, invites Aaron to follow him up there, and Aaron comes around the corner into the bathroom to find Joseph. He's already stripped to the waist, and now he is in the process of taking his pants off. Um, and uh, Aaron apologizes and starts to back away, and he says, oh, no, no, I, this this is it. You know, this is what I want you to film. Um, and he says, we're going to get a lot more intimate than this. And <laughs> the whole time I'm thinking, that's pretty intimate. <laughs> it's uh, like, where is this movie yeah, going right. to if, go? If, 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 if this guy were telling me uh, that it's going to get way more intimate than this, uh, that would raise some red flags. That was another thing that I was thinking, you know, throughout. Uh, again, I don't know if I were in the circumstance... I guess you just don't expect people to be crazy, like literally insane crazy. So <laughs> if, if people are a little quirky or, or whatever, I guess you kind of just try to roll with it. But red flags, you know, immediately stripping naked and getting into the tub, you know, not even five minutes after they've met. He, he talks about how he's got all this limited time and he wants to do this for his son uh, and he's got this wife that he loves very much. They've been married for six years. 
where are they? You know, yeah. I would think I would think if somebody if I were dying, I would want to be near, you know, uh, my loved ones. I wouldn't well, want to be off somewhere else preparing something for them with a stranger when you could have prepared this with your wife. Yeah. You know, it could have been a moment you guys could have shared with your little bit of time on earth. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, just I, I don't know if you could even consider those little things. I mean, those seem like some kind of big red flags. But then again, it's a job. As we were watching this, uh, Todd, you wear lots of hats and, uh, you know, you've done a lot of videography work. I, and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, is this, is that just kind of the part of the trade? Like you just kind of have to roll, you know, and you know, the guy paid him and he just wants him to kind of document his day or whatever. I guess you just roll with it. I've never gotten a gig like this. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, and something like this also doesn't seem to require a lot of skill. Yeah. You know, he's not asking him to set up really great shots and he's not shooting it. I mean, this is clearly shot with a cheap camera. Yeah. The film's really pretty grainy in the dark spots, you know, um, the whole movie, Again, it's a found footage film, so you don't mind that production value. But uh, he clearly wanted a companion for the day. Yes, and right. so that is sort of your first, you know, your second or third red flag there. Right. But then when he gets in the tub, and this is the point where it switches back to, oh, maybe this is just a really sad man. Yeah. He gets in the tub and he starts talking to his son, you know, his future son on the camera, and he says, "Well, you know, my dad and I one of the one of the earliest memories I have of him was taking tubbies." Mm -hmm. And so this is going to be, you know, I don't know if you're going to live, if I'm going to be around when you're here, so I I want to do a tubby with you right now. And he kind of goes through the motions with this invisible child who would ostensibly be watching this later <laughs> right. of all these cute little things and this feed and his uh, washing him and pouring and it's and you watch it and. At least I was thinking, this is really sad. Or is it? <laughs> right. I mean, at the same time, again, you kind of have to check your skepticism. Like, it, it, the whole time, it seems a little strange. It seems a little off and, and bizarre. But, you know, maybe that's just my cold, dead heart. You know, maybe, maybe this guy really sincerely wants to, you know, he, he regrets that he's not going to be able to share these moments with his child. And, and uh, maybe it is a sentimental thing. It just, it keeps you questioning. I, I think in the back of your mind, there's always the notion that something just isn't right. And you get the sense that uh, Aaron feels the same way. You know, yes. he's, he's, he's kind of uncomfortable throughout the course of the day, but he just keeps kind of trying to roll with it. And uh, yeah. I think in a similar situation, I think that would be my instinct too, would be to try to roll with it as long as possible. I mean, he doesn't seem, um, Joseph doesn't seem really threatening or, no. or dangerous initially. And it's and bright he, lights, yeah. except for the time when they're in the, you know, they're kind of out in the middle of the day, um, in public places. Right. After the, after the bath scene or whatever is done, they immediately, he says, let's go to this park. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a Hispanic lady at the taco cart down the way who told me about this river, El Corazon de something, something or whatever. Yeah. They hop in the car and they're going to drive to this location where there's supposedly these healing waters and he's going to have kind of a moment, I guess, at the healing waters. So he says, are you up for it? You know? Yeah. And he, said, and, and he keeps asking him these creepy questions too. Anybody you need to make peace with in this world? Before you go? Can I ask you a question and you answer me honestly? Okay. When you saw that axe up front of the house, was there a small part of you that thought I might kill you with it? It's just weird. He's there just a, a weird guy. There is an interesting animal element. Well, it's pretty obvious. Animal element that's throughout this. Yeah. That's what we missed was we just did. before they left the house, he asked them to go down to the closet and get something. 
So Aaron, with his camera, goes down to the closet. You get yet another jump scare as he pulls away the curtain, and suddenly there's this like big demon dog-like-looking thing in your face. Yeah, a very frightening uh, werewolf mask. I mean, we're not talking some, you know, something for, for little kids. I mean, this is a, a pretty scary-looking mask. And but... it was not a dollar store no. mask. No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down, too. Of the imagination. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Joseph says that uh, he late, says later that he got it uh, at the dollar store, which is clearly not true. But uh, the way that he explains this mask the first time is that it was uh, it was his father's, and his father, you know, used it to play with him, and um, that it was totally innocent and fun. You know, this, this uh, character's name is Peach, Peach Fuzz, Fuzz, and yeah. He even has a little song that he a little song and dance about how he looks scary, but he's really friendly, and uh, it's just bizarre. I mean, I, I'm the, another effect of of having it from the found footage or from uh, you know Aaron behind the camera is you really feel like you're in his shoes. Like, yes. you feel like you're behind the camera watching this. And just like him, you know, Aaron's standing there watching this guy in a very scary mask, you know, dancing around, singing this cutesy little song, and he just stands there and films. Like, you know, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Like, what is happening in front of me? It really <clears> is a nice device in this case to put you into Aaron's shoes and uh, feel probably feel very similar emotions to what he's feeling here. Constantly question... Would I be leaving at this point? Would I be putting the camera down? But again, there's no music. It's mm -hmm. not produced. There's sort of long shots of this stuff. It really lays bare sort of the reality of that situation. And it kind of looks pathetic. Mm -hmm. You know, this poor guy. Then you start coming back around again. This poor guy is dying of cancer. And he's quirky and not in very socially acceptable ways. Mm -hmm. And how pathetic... And here, I've got to spend a day with him. At least I need to be polite. And you kind of, as the viewer, go along with that. Yeah. Even as you're questioning, you imaginary question, you're still going to go along with it. Yeah, I think that was really effective. The day, while there are these little kind of odd moments, I mean, it's just kind of, you know, it's, it's not really anything beyond what uh, Joseph said he wanted. After they, you know, have their thing in the woods, then they go out for breakfast and... Pancakes. Pancakes, yeah. yeah and and a pancake place. <laughs> and, and Joseph asks Aaron, have you ever done anything that you're really ashamed of? Uh, and Aaron says, yeah, sure, I have. And, and Joseph asks if he will share, and Joseph takes the camera, and uh, we get a little bit of, uh, you know, just... <laughs> Story from childhood. Yeah, it was a simple, yeah. innocent story, wet your pants story, no big deal. And then Joseph says that he has something that he needs to share and confess to, and he pulls out his phone, and he shows Aaron that he had taken a bunch of pictures of him um, when when Aaron arrived at the apartment and thought that Joseph wasn't there, apparently he was lurking uh, elsewhere and was taking photographs. And he apologizes. He said, you know, I just, I wanted this day to go so well, but I didn't know what to expect. And I um, mean, if I had known you then, like I know you now, here yeah. we are, what, three or four hours later. If I had known you then, like I know you now, I, I wouldn't have done this. And I don't know. It was It was a weird thing. And of course, Aaron is silent. Yeah. And Joseph's like, are you mad? And he's like, well, it's a little weird. <laughs> but it, it, it's like you said, it's you. I, I feel like it's not such a, an odd experience that I would never experience that. It doesn't seem so out of the realm of normalcy that if I were in the position, I would think this guy is clearly insane. Well, you know, it's he's a little weird. He's quirky. He's eccentric, and things just keep kind of piling up. But by that point, you have the context of the previous part of the movie ahead of you. 
So you've seen this guy is a quirky guy, mm -hmm. and he goes to pretty far extreme of quirky, but you don't feel like, except for the fact you know you're watching a horror movie, you right. don't feel like he's ultimately a threat. And so if he had whipped out, I think if he had whipped out the photos at the beginning and kind of confessed uh -huh. to that, it would have been a little weirder. But by then, he sort of built up this persona yeah. with uh, Aaron that Aaron's more willing, I think, to forgive it. Right. And so, you know, that that's pretty much the end of the day, at least as far as uh, Aaron is concerned. He's ready to go. But um, Joseph wants him to stick around uh, and have a drink to kind of cap off their day. And, and plus, he wants to film a kind of a final uh, Good night scene yeah, for, his for his kid. And so he convinces Aaron. You know, Aaron's not too thrilled about it, but he, he sticks around and they have a drink. You know, before that, I, want, I think that scene... Um, to me, was one of the more iconic scenes in the movie. When Aaron is following Joseph up the, the steps. steps. Mm -hmm. Aaron stops at the bottom of the steps. Mm -hmm. They're outside. These are the exterior steps. Right. And Joseph stops at the top. Mm -hmm. And because there's sort of an outdoor light, a porch mm -hmm. light behind Joseph, you see him in shadow. Right. He's at the top of the step. He's kind of in a position of, of uh, power or, or darkness. Yeah. He's completely in shadow. And Aaron, as in us, sort of looking up at him with a camera, is... We we kind of get this sense that this is this is the defining moment right here. Mm -hmm. Aaron's like, ah, I just want to go, and Joseph says, Oh no, man, you you, you don't want to go yet. I was gonna you know bring you in for another drink or you know shot of whiskey. And he's like, No, it's getting late. I really need to get home. Well, you know the roads are are winding. You know it's 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 dark. It take you about twenty minutes to get down. He finally convinces Aaron to do it, mm -hmm. and and that's that to me was one of the most sinister parts of the movie. It was. I'm glad you brought it up because I hadn't really thought about it that much. I mean, that's the image that's used uh, for the, the title card on, on Netflix, is that just uh, Joseph in, uh, in silhouette. Uh, and it is creepy, because you because of the way that he's backlit, you can't see his facial expression at all. You can't see... So you really can't read him at yes. all. And it, 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 uh, it kind of makes you realize, you know, could you ever, you know... He's kind of an enigma, and this is just kind of a visual representation of that. You really don't know what's going on there. Um, uh, I guess, you, you know, you're kind of taking, like Aaron does, you're kind of taking things at face value. I mean, what are you going to do? He's telling you all these things. You believe him or you don't, uh, but that's, uh, there's not much more you can do with it. And then here, with that visual, I think that you do start to get the sense that this is maybe something more sinister, something potentially threatening and dangerous. Yeah, this man is truly a shadow through and through, you mm -hmm. know, and, uh, and and if you've been making excuses for him up until now, here's one more point, <laughs> right. you know. And that, at that point, that's when things really start uh, to kind of unravel. They sit and, and have their drink, and then uh, Aaron's ready to go, and um, it seems like in an effort to get Aaron to say, Joseph says, I lied to you. And Aaron says, oh, really? <laughs> what about? Uh, and he says, peach fuzz. And then, he, yeah, he, he says, you know, I, I, I need to get something off my chest. I, I need to relieve myself of something before I, I die. Would, and if, if I tell you this, will you promise to never tell anybody else? <laughs> um, and, and Aaron kind of, you know, what do you say? I, that would be I the guess. me leaving the room. Yeah, I've really got to go. I'm pretty sure in that circumstance, <laughs> by that point, I would have been gone. Yeah, I think so too. But then at the same, I was thinking that, and at the same time, I was thinking, I would also really want to know what he was going to say. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you know, like I, I felt like if if 
if I were Aaron and I had just left, I would always wonder, oh my God, what was this freaky guy going to confess to me? Um, as it turns out, he probably would have been happier if he had decided to leave. Uh, but he, do he doesn't. He, he stays. Um, and uh, uh, they, do, they use a really interesting filmmaking trick. Here. Yeah. He asks him to turn off the camera because he doesn't want his son to hear. And, and that was the first thing I was thinking. Are we really going to record this deep confession? Right. So the guy doesn't turn off his camera, but he tucks it away in his bag. Right. So all we see is darkness, and all we hear is the story. Exactly. And and so Joseph doesn't know that he's being recorded. I think that Aaron is probably fully aware. You know, he's, he's keeping it rolling for a reason. Um, but Joseph tells this really uncomfortable story and I, I uh, looked at my watch when the lights went out you know when it went to, when the screen went to black because I was I, I've seen this before but I was and I remembered this scene but I was curious how long it was going to go on because the whole conversation is in blackness it's just black screen mm -hmm. uh, and you you get the audio and uh, you get subtitles of what's going on um, and it lasted for four minutes I mean this is only an 80 minute film and four minutes is is you know completely devoid of any image at all but I think that that makes it even scarier when he's telling this story uh, oh it's a pretty interesting four minutes yeah uh, do, you, do you want the honor yeah I mean to wrap it up uh, essentially he says uh, he comes home the Joseph says there was a day when he came home uh, from work and his internet was, was just getting slower and slower and slower. So he called a friend or he talked to a friend who said, well, you should, maybe your history is getting full mm -hmm. on your computer, which is kind of a BS thing. Right. But anyway, okay. So he goes in and he checks the history on his computer and what does he find but really sick pornography. Yeah. Like... Animal Mostly animal porn. I don't know if I've ever even heard somebody <laughs> say that before. Mostly animal porn. Like, probably the first time I've heard that in the <laughs> Yeah, it's not a topic that comes up very right. often. And he says the only other... And I'm not looking at animal porn, so the only one who is looking at animal porn is my wife. Mm -hmm. So I planned this whole day with her. <laughs> What his story is they came out to this cabin where Aaron and Joseph are now, where they're oh, having this conversation. Right. Right. They came out there for a weekend, and he claims, he, he, he tells his wife that uh, he got called back uh, into you know their home city or whatever for work. But the truth was, he wasn't called back. He just left and went to the 99-cent store where he found a mask that we, you know, figure out right away is the Peach Fuzz mask, which, again, clearly did not come from a dollar store. Um, <laughs> but he, he buys this mask, and he goes back, and his wife is sleeping, and uh, as she sleeps, he ties her up. And in the process, she wakes up, and he's got this mask on, so presumably she doesn't know it's him. And... At first, he says, we had really raucous, animalistic sex. And he says, you know, uh, she seemed to enjoy it, and I can't say I didn't enjoy it either. But when it's over, he leaves her tied up. Uh, and he, he never unmasks himself, and he leaves. He comes and, back. Yeah, he comes back the next day and asks her, how was your night? And she just answers, fine. But, he and he says they never spoke of it again, but that after they got back home, the uh, internet sped back up. <laughs> it's a really bizarre it's story. It's really weird. and uh... Obviously, this is something that uh, is disturbing. And, and Aaron's <laughs> once, ready to go. He's ready to go. He's ready to get the <laughs> hell out of there. Uh, but he can't. 
find his car keys. All of a sudden, suddenly, his car keys have gone missing. And it's a, a this is one of my favorite uh, shots, was the camera's kind of set back um, where Joseph had been doing like his uh, confessional-style interview, but now it's just rolling. And you see Aaron bustling around, frantically searching for his keys, and Joseph is just kind of lingering, you know, saying, I don't know, you look in the kitchen or, or whatever. And well, the and, house is dark. Uh... Yeah, and then... Uh, <laughs> uh, Aaron walks out of frame. He goes downstairs or something, and Joseph's just standing there looking after him, and he says, Did I freak you out with my rape story? <laughs> <laughs> Which I just thought was hilarious. And uh, Aaron's like, uh, No, I, I, I just gotta go. <laughs> you know, this is one of those rape stories you hear, I guess. Well, the, the movie was full of these moments where I was chuckling, and, and oh, that yeah. was the more overt of them, but uh, there was a lot of dark humor in it. And and that was, and I think it's that same shot where he says, oh, well, why don't you just stay? Clearly, Joseph has hidden the keys. Um, he's doing whatever he can to keep him there. Clearly, Aaron is on to him, knows that something's going on. But, you know, what do you do? You're in the house with a guy who just confessed a, a, a heinous act. And then there's a scuffle, and it goes to black. And the first time that I saw this movie, I thought, is that it? Is it? over yeah uh and uh the the next time the you know we get an image on screen um it's uh, a still shot of joseph it's in the woods and joseph is walking into frame dragging these trash bags behind him and then he starts digging uh yeah this is where the movie gets very interesting um and starts to play with us even more yeah he's digging uh, in the in the dark and suddenly the free the frame stops mm -hmm. in mid dig, and I'm looking and I'm thinking, oh, is is, is something wrong with my Netflix? Yeah, or <laughs> like that. And then you hear a voice. It was it's Aaron coming uh -huh. back in, and then he turns a camera around, and it turns out he has been recording the screen, mm -hmm. and what we just saw of the digging is actually a, a a DVD that Joseph sent him afterwards, right. and Aaron says. You know, this is basically after the scuffle, I went home. So everything was cool. Right. He went home, he was able to sort of escape, but now suddenly uh, Joseph knows his address and is sending him these tapes. Sending him stuff. He sends him this tape, and, and, and Aaron says, you know, I don't really know how to interpret it. I don't know, is he supposed to be burying a body? Is that supposed to be me? I, you know, I don't... And none but, of us know how to interpret it. He's, right. He's speaking for us there. Yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, he says, but it means he has my address, which is kind of disconcerting, and it, it certainly is. And then it becomes becomes more of your typical stalker uh, yeah. movie. I mean, it, it's it's obvious that uh, that there Joseph, if that's even his name, we don't know. Um, he starts hearing noises in the house, and he walks around, flips on the lights, and walks around, and we see. Right. We, we wonder is Aaron there, and then sure enough, I'm, I'm sorry, is Joseph there? And sure enough, he's in the window behind him, but he doesn't see him. Uh -huh. Kind of one of those deals. That's another uh, another problem that I have with these uh, movies, uh, Paranormal Activities, like this too. They're all the time filming, and especially you know they're they're kind of expecting uh, odd things have been happening anyway, but they never review the film. Like I don't understand. Like what is the <laughs> point in having this film running all the time? Uh, Aaron could have clearly seen that while he was up looking around to see if anybody was in the house. Joseph Joseph is standing right there in the doorway, very menacingly. Uh, but apparently, you know, he yeah, the, reviewing the tape wasn't on his to-do list, I guess. No, I mean, the fact that you've got freaking... You know, so every time he wakes up, he turns his camera on. Mm -hmm. This is just... Whoever does this stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. But okay, you gotta just gotta roll with it. One night, uh, I think it was after the last video. No, it was before, right before the last video he gets. 
Right. Um, the camera turns on, and it's clear that um, Aaron did not turn the, the no, camera No, he's on. sleeping. And um, you can see what is clearly Joseph's hands reaching down in over and cutting a lock of his hair mm -hmm. off of his head. Mm -hmm. Then in the morning, Aaron's like, okay, this is messed up. Uh, the door, I woke up, this window's open, I see uh, somebody cut a slit in the screen mm -hmm. and then stuffed in what says, my last video. Mm -hmm. And it's right there by the head of his bed, right where he sleeps. I mean, he's, he's clearly, you know, he realizes it. He's probably realized before that, you know, this guy is potentially dangerous. He's coming to my home. He's stalking around my home. Um, so he pops in this last video. And then all of a sudden, we get sad, sincere Joseph back. Uh, he apologizes profusely for everything he's done, but you start, you kind of start, to, you know, he, he says, I've always been like this, you I'm know, a sick person. Yeah. I need help. But my big problem is I'm, I'm lonely. Yeah. Um, and I have nobody to talk to. I've burned every bridge. My family won't talk to me. I don't have any friends. You're kind of my last shot. Will you please, please just meet me uh, one last time, one last time. So I can explain myself. And if we never see each other again, that's fine, but at least I'll have closure and, and we'll do it here in this public place. And he swing, right. you know, he's sitting on a bench in a, in front of a lake, kind of yeah. middle, you know, on the turns the camera around. Sure enough, well, man, I mean, who's gonna like turn down? Well, I would. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, uh, Aaron turns the camera back on himself after he's videotaped, you know, this this video, and and he it's a close pan on his face, and it says, "What am I supposed to do with this?" And I'm thinking, you throw it away, just like you threw the other one. I mean, <laughs> That's right. You don't want anything to do with this guy, uh, but apparently. You know, he's he's a compassionate guy, and he feels bad uh, for this guy. So uh, he decides to go, and he does. And the next shot that we get is from the interior of his car, and he has positioned the camera so that it is uh, filming this park bench right along the lakeside. And he says, all right, Joseph, um, I'm here, but uh, I'm filming, and I've got my phone on speed dial for 911. So he gets out of the car, and he goes and waits on the bench, and uh, I hadn't noticed your sound system is better than mine. Uh, uh, you hear a, a chainsaw roar, uh, and Aaron kind of looks around and, uh, to see what's going on, but apparently sees nothing, and so he turns back towards the lake, and he just sits there very relaxed and casually. Joseph walks up very quietly behind him. He's got a big trench coat on, uh -huh. and he's probably about, I don't know, 15 feet behind him, and uh, Aaron doesn't notice. Mm -hmm. He's kind of checking his phone or whatever. Joseph pulls out his mask again and puts it on, and then... He takes a step closer to him, and then he kind of reaches behind him, and he pulls out. This is a very, very intense, good, good sequence. Yeah, it, it's it's virtually silent. I mean, it's just total stillness. It's 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 slow in pace. Uh, it's very suspenseful. Yeah, he <clears throat> pulls out an axe, mm -hmm. and at first you're thinking, is he gonna scare him with it? Right. What is going on here? Is he gonna frighten him? Because he's in the middle of broad daylight. Right. And uh, he kind of gets the axe up in front of him and starts like inching towards him from behind. Yeah, it's almost comical. It's it's that you know that cartoon, you right? Uh, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right. Slowly creeping up behind him, wielding an axe. And um, and what does he do? He pulls that axe right up and thunk right in the top of his head. Right in his head. And you don't see, you know, it's from far away. It's not bloody. It's not mm -hmm. gross or anything. In fact, it's probably pretty realistic. I guess there's just kind of a little thunk. There's a thud. The yeah. guy falls right over. He pulls the axe out, maybe takes Wax another again, axe at it, mm -hmm. and then we're done. Right. We we see uh, him. Um, we see Joseph now recording. Um, yeah, and still uh, talking to Aaron through the camera. 
And, you know, he, he kind of says, I'm not surprised that you filmed it. You know, that was really smart to do. And I, I'm not surprised you had your phone on a speed dial for 911. That was really smart of you. But I just don't get why you didn't turn around. Um, and he says, but then I figured it out. It's because you're the best human being who's ever lived. And he says, uh, and that's why I love you. And that's why I always love you the best. Of all of them, yeah. Uh, so you you get the uh, it's kind of confirmed that this is not the first time this has happened. You know, all all together, that this film really creeped me out. Yeah, um, it, it stuck with me too. You know, this is the third time I've seen it because as soon as I saw, I, I watched it by myself, uh, which is pretty typical <laughs> with me in horror movies. But I watched it by myself, uh, and then. I immediately wanted to watch it with other people. I wanted to see how other people would react because I thought that it was, it stands out. It's not typical. Uh, it's not, you know, what you would expect from a low budget film that you would find on Netflix that you've never heard of before. Mm. You know, this is um, the director, uh, Patrick Bryce, uh, who played Aaron. You know, this is his first feature film. Apparently, he's kind of an up and coming director now and he's doing pretty well, but this was his first feature. And I, I, I don't know. It's it's kind of like a little gem, a little diamond in the rough. It is. The whole the filmmaker in me, the whole time I was watching this was thinking, this movie cost like 50 bucks. Yeah. You know? Uh -huh. A couple people's homes, the the mask and that wolf doll were the biggest expenses uh -huh. in the whole thing, and yet it didn't feel like it. Mm -mm. Uh, it was captured my interest. Mm -hmm. The characters were very interesting. It was well acted, you know? And it had that creepy sense where, again... It, it was a unique take on this because it toyed with you in ways that these that I've yet to find movies, the found footage movies toying with you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just about, oh, what's around the corner? Oh, you know, what what are we gonna find? Uh, we'll leave the camera running, and then something creepy is gonna happen. Um, it actually places you as maybe better than any of those films as a participant. Yeah. In this, um, as the victim in this in this thing, and then at the end, where you watch helplessly mm -hmm. still hoping that this guy is just a, a creepy guy but ultimately harmless as he goes through that long process mm -hmm. of, uh, of readying that axe and then finally putting it in his head again crazily enough in the middle of broad daylight yeah. well and i think the fact that there are really only two players in the whole uh, film uh, adds to the intimacy of it and you can tell, or I, I feel like I, I'm not a filmmaker, so I don't know what I'm talking about, but it feels like a, a filmmaker's movie. It didn't feel like he felt forced to include any particular conventions. You know, it, it, the runtime is only about 80 minutes. You know, it didn't feel like it was stretched, um, you know, for time. You know, they, they told the story, it was effective, um, and, and, and got out, and... and uh, I think that shows. I, I think that you can tell that this was kind of a passion project for a young filmmaker as opposed to some big budget studio. Yeah, there film. wasn't a lot of junk in there. Mm -hmm. It was all pretty. It was all pretty gritty and raw. Yeah, um, and it was funny, but it, it's not played for laughs, you no. know. And I, I think that the humor uh, is in part due. It, it's like uncomfortable humor. Like it, it comes across as funny because it's so bizarre, but you kind of laugh nervously, like. Ugh. 
that, that, that's <laughs> funny, but it's really creepy too. <laughs> and I, I thought it was a, a good balance. You know, in the beginning, Joseph's antics uh, are, are are funny. You know, we were laughing, um, and then it becomes uh, far more sinister in the end, and I think effectively so. It, it's it's a, it's a spooky film. And that just you know, it's it's kind of in the tradition of all your kind of bad villains is that uh, that they're very underestimated. Uh huh. And you realize by the end you've severely underestimated this guy Absolutely. even more than you realize. Yeah, yeah. And you know we were uh, doing a little bit of research uh, afterwards, uh, and uh, apparently the plan, both guys involved, their their plan was to make this the first of a trilogy. Um, I don't know how. I think that I read somewhere that it's not going to necessarily be direct sequels, but rather something uh, in a similar vein. You know, different creeps, different types of creeps. And I and I did also read that you know both the director and uh, the actor Duplass, since the release of this film, they're both doing pretty well. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I I think that you know if we do see any uh, sequels uh, to this film, it may be a while because I think both of these guys can have a lot on their plates. I can see why it's a success. I can see why it really is a standout. It was a great movie to start off October with. Good. I'm Thank glad you, you liked it. It Thank was fun to so watch much. it with you. I was sitting over here kind of quietly, kind of trying to gauge your reactions. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I would have hated to start you off with something crappy. No, it took me all over the map, and it was great. Good. Uh, and uh, Yeah, and, and we've got th uh, 30 more days of this to go for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're interested in reading my reviews, check out my website, toddcoons.com. Yeah, he writes a pretty good review, folks. I've been reading him for a couple years. It's it's good stuff. Entertaining yeah. stuff. You're too kind. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and uh, also, we've got, uh, through October, three more of these to go. Yeah. So uh, we'll have some great movies. Maybe you throw a couple classic horror films in there. For yeah, you. maybe. Uh, I, I really do like kind of doing some of these, you know, a little bit lesser known things, too. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, as always, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. And you've been listening to Two Guys in a Chainsaw.